Teddy Talk, Plain Talk, Unrivaled Talk, Mike Graham. The only radio show you can count on for a proper serving of good old-fashioned common sense. In search of the perfect debate. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham. Online on DAB Plus, Talk Radio and Talk TV. Good morning and welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk TV. We have plenty still to do. Peter Hitchens joins me. I haven't seen him for a couple of weeks because we've both been at either ends of very different um, uh, scenarios. He was in prison and I was on holiday. I think that tells you all you need to know about the dynamic between the two of us. But Peter, very good uh, morning to you. (laughs) Some people, I'm sure, would vote for me to go to jail, uh, as indeed uh, you would expect, particularly from the Twitterati. I do need to explain this. Yes, of course. It's a horrible slur I've just put on you. Right. So it, it's uh, all of us have to bear in mind the possibility that we might end up in unexpected places. But yes. This is for a, a Channel Four series is coming up in the in the autumn, mm. where they put uh, five uh, minor celebrities, of whom I think I was the most minor, really? and about thirty f- former prisoners, right. and some some also some former uh, prison officers in a decommissioned mm. prison, and told us to also behave as if it was real, right. uh, rather effectively, actually. Uh, it was quite, in some ways, quite frightening, in yes. some ways quite moving. I read your column about yeah, it. I missed, it. I missed your interview with Kevin last week. But, but yeah, fascinating to, to see that. When's it coming out? We think October. Okay. Uh, I shall write more about it shortly before it's, uh, it, it's transmitted. Right. But what I think, the, I think it, it, it's, it's a huge amount of stuff to edit. But everybody involved, mm. including particularly the professionals, the officers, said that it was incredibly close to authenticity. Right. And it certainly was pretty miserable being banged up in a, in, in a, in sure a cell with, with, a, with an unchosen cellmate yeah. uh, for, for, for several nights. And, for, and, and there were a lot of other aspects mm. of it which are involuntary. Obviously, you could pull the plug, I suppose, leave at any time, though nobody Yeah, but that's did. not the point. But that was, at the beginning, we all signed up to, right. to, to behave as if it was real. Yeah. And I think the effect, when people see it, they'll be quite struck. The, the, the real thing, I don't think any of us would have dared to sign up for because it would have been too dangerous. But you, 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 you couldn't get even remotely close by any other way, I don't think. Mm, interesting. It's not a, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here no. sort, of, sort of thing. It's no, because that's mu- not my much thing. much more serious. Indeed. Yeah. No, well, I should look forward to seeing that, and we'll talk more about it as, yeah, you, sure. write, as you write more about it. Uh, but this weekend you wrote about the dreadful state of our kind of, um, what I suppose you might call our denationalised utilities, <laughs> well, yes, in which I would include the railways and the water companies. Well, they're, they're the most striking yeah. ones. I also mentioned what happened to our, what used to be a brilliant nuclear power industry, mm. which has now been scattered to the right. four winds by being privatised. But the whole idea seemed to be, at some point in the, in the 1980s, that conservatism stopped being about conserving things and became about selling off public yeah. utilities and starting wars abroad. Right. And that, that doesn't seem to me to be conservative at all. So mm. what I wrote about on Sunday is, why is it conservative? to sell off Thames Water to foreign banks, right. uh, which then suck large quantities of money out of it and, and depart, leaving the whole thing with a gigantic, tottering pile of debt. Yeah. It, the, the old performance of the previous public water utilities was by no means perfect. Mm. But the idea that privatisation has improved it seems to me to be ridiculous. Well, it clearly hasn't it, improved and, it. Uh, The railways, actually, the performance of the, of the, of the nationalised British Rail as Christian Walmart has shown in a very good recent book mm. on a sort of biography of British Rail, was actually extraordinarily good given the very small amounts of money they had to play with. And now far bigger subsidies are given to the railways under privatisation than they were when BR was yeah. in charge. But I say, Which is something I, people don't realise. I've been travelling on, on the British Railways since before nationalisation, and I would say absolutely mm. 
the services declined in several very important ways. Oh, I think it's much worse now. I remember it as well. And I was no great fan of national railways and, and, and British Rail at all. I love However, railways. I do, I think, no, I like I, railways. I, I, but, but what I'm saying yeah. is I wasn't a supporter of British Rail and all the strikes that they used to have. And I remember very well um, the, the news corporation, in fact, when everything moved to Wapping and all the, the newspapers were then printed in a different place other mm. than Fleet Street. Um, the organisation decided not to send newspapers by train yeah. because they were refusing to take them and they were too unreliable. This is, you know, this is one of the many catastrophes of having lots of strikes in any industry or, or area is that people turn away from it. Right. And of course, when, when I was in Fleet Street in, in the 70s, the, the vans turned up outside the offices. Mm. At, uh, it was one of my favourite times Take the first the editions. It was a wonderful moment. Yeah. And they all roar off to the, big, to the big stations and put them on the newspaper trains. And a huge amount of, of the milk of train used to be called, yeah, and, and the milk trains, the newspaper trains, the the, the, the post office trains, and all these things yeah. were lost. And, and they were. And one of my and strikes played, played a big part. One in of that. my favourite Christian Walmart stories is that he wrote not only the uh, the entire book about Crossrail, but also updated it before Crossrail was finished. Um, you know, so it took less time for him to write about the whole thing. Oh, well, um, yes. it now does appear to work. I've not been on it. Oh, it's fantastic when it works. People when it, when say it when it works, it's, great, it's yeah. fantastic. I no, it's used to go good. to Ealing sort of three times a week and I never tried it because I couldn't be sure it would work. But you see, in France, they were doing... Paris had mm. that kind of, 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 of railway in the 1960s and yeah. 1970s. They were building the RERs, which are basically the same thing. We didn't do it. Mm. We were sitting doing nothing mm. while other advanced nations were, were making proper modernisations yeah. of their railways. But we I also remember the, 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 the Intercity 125 being brought in when right. I was at university in Bath. And yeah. I used to use it to go up and down from Paddington. And it was terrific. Oh, it was. And I mean, that was the it, sort of late 70s, early 80s. Yeah, and it, it, made, it made a big difference. But now this concentration on getting an extra you know, 20 or 30 miles an hour out of it and, and rebuilding entire new tracks is out of proportion. Yeah. One of the main reasons for that, of course, is that you look at a map, the main cities of this country are actually in quite a small area of, of, of quite a small country. Mm. Look at France or Spain. These are vast countries, yeah. very long distance travel in which high-speed rail can make a huge difference and persuade people to stop flying. Won't right. happen here. Right. And it's, it's not the same thing. But it, what we need in this country is, is medium-speed yes. trains going everywhere mm. instead of going to about... But this is the a, there is this obsession, as you say, with selling things off. And, and I mean, yeah, even since the days of Thatcher, when it was the BT sell-off and everybody was supposed to buy shares and everybody was supposed to be richer and have an investment in the kind of the good of the company. But somehow that hasn't worked because, of course, it's been taken over, as you say, by foreign investment vehicles, foreign ownership as well for an awful lot yes. of these companies. And most people, I don't think, want to own shares. They mm. feel uncomfortable with their unpredictability, and they offload. Well, most people don't understand it. Well, they don't understand, and I don't understand it. And I, w I would be very nervous about mm. owning shares. So you, the idea you're creating a vast new share-owning democracy yeah. didn't last. Same thing it has to be said, by the way, about about, about Sir Castlehouse sales. Yeah. And the, the what that did was it pumped billions and billions of, of pounds into the housing market, which is why house prices exploded right. in the in, in the mid. So I remember them exploding in in the mid seventies. Yeah. I was trying to buy a flat in London, and yeah. you, as soon as you'd assembled enough money for the deposit, boom, it was out of reach right. again. Yeah, and, uh, and that, now it appears to be falling back the other way. But, uh, but we haven't got any council houses left, or very few mm. by comparison with what we had. Yeah, and some very stable communities were broken up forever. I think, again, it was that rush into, in, into, into these sort of great flashy wheezes yeah. that, that looked good on the first examination, but later didn't. I also remember people constantly saying, oh, well, British Telecom's so much better than the old post office telephones. Well, who says that now? Right. 
And everybody hates British Telecom yeah, now. Yeah, I know. I mean, it is extraordinary what has changed over the course of your, you and my lifetime, really, in terms of what you expected less, I suppose, when we were younger. But now almost nothing works. I mean, you wrote recently about the 999 line. Oh, it's which, extraordinary. I mean, I would think I was away um, in Cyprus, and, and, and I know it's going to sound ridiculous, but whenever I do go away, things tend to work a lot better in other places. It is very noticeable, um, isn't and it? And it really is noticeable now. When you come back here, it's a, it's a country yeah. where th things don't and work. As soon as I got off the, uh, the the plane, I walked into Gatwick Airport, and there was the travelator thing that you're supposed to walk yeah, on, completely broken. covered by a sort of black canvas and a big sign that said, currently under repair. But of course, there wasn't anybody yeah, there doing it. It'll be under repair till 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 the end, till Christmas, or the, yeah. end, the end of time, as usual. Yeah, I, I got some interesting responses to that nine 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 from people who actually work in the system, saying you're actually onto something. It mm. doesn't really work. It's, right. it's 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 fictional, but people don't realise until they call it. And right. most most people, you know, call nine 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 once in a lifetime. Yeah. And that may well be yeah, the time they, 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 they find out, uh, well, I hope it stays that way. Yeah. I, for, for various odd reasons, I've, I've called it more than that. But it's, it, it's, not, it, it's not what you expect. It's mm. not, I don't, don't at all criticise people running it. They just have an impossible task. But what is it about the sort of, um, I don't know if it's the infrastructure of Britain that has not had money spent on it or that has had money spent on it in the wrong way, that everything see, appears to be crumbling? Well, yes, it is. I, I think the real problem is that we are a country which needs to recognise that we're not as rich as, as we used to be. Yeah. And I, I constantly point to two things going on in this country at the moment. Mm. Yeah, I don't at all object to, to have, us having some nuclear weapons. We spent a lot of money developing them. Uh, but we do not need a huge Cold War superpower uh, submarine launch system. And yeah. It's not necessary. We could keep some weapons for, 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 for some possible emergency. We don't need this. But the amounts of money being spent on Trident renewal are colossal. Mm. We can't afford them. Yeah. They drain money out of the rest of our armed services, which are frankly pathetic. They really are. The army is I'm now, told is now that you, there's, there's not enough people in the army to fill a football stadium. Yeah, and, they can't, and you can't, the, the number of ships that we have that are tied up alongside which can't move mm. or are not, not it, it's when you remember that we used to be the greatest naval power in the world it's heartbreaking and we simply do not have conventional armed forces which would stand us in much stead if no. anybody ever did take it well the army also seems to have been overtaken by the wokists and there well, are people all the armed it. services because because these are these are the things which the the the, the revolutionaries attack they attack the respected institutions hmm. of a formerly conservative country whether it be the army or whether it be cricket yeah they will go for the respected and loved institutions and say these are, are polluted by racism and they will attack them and they and they they will transform them into something completely different. The other thing, which I was going to mention, going back to the railways for a moment, mm. is, is HS2. Yeah. It's an absurd expenditure Ridiculous. of money for, for aims which simply aren't, um, aren't worth the money. And these, these are symptomatic of our belief that we're still a very rich, very important country, yeah. when in fact we're not particularly rich. We're not particularly important. We should pull our horns in a bit and concentrate on mm. what we can do. Yeah. It would be the absolute beginning of us being a much better run country if we would only stop imagining that we were still a great power. Yes, interesting you say that. Because I noticed when I first went to live in America, which was about 1983-ish, um, Britain was still kind of recovering from the 70s yeah. and it wasn't great. And when I went to New York, I remember feeling like everything was possible. Everything was yeah. sort of, and Ronald Reagan used to call it the whited sepulchre on the hill. Yeah. And it kind of was. But when I went back there later... Um, probably closer to the beginning of this century, sort of 2000, 2002. Um, it wasn't like that anymore because they'd neglected the infrastructure. Yeah. The roads weren't very good anymore. The trains started crashing, yeah. which they never did when I was there, and derailing and stuff like that. Um, and I'm not sure America's 
recovered from that period yet. Either. No, they've had a bad time. The other th- interesting thing about living in America, of course, is you discover how little they care about this country. Yeah, very, all the rest of the world. Not, it doesn't feature on their news bulletins, no. or on their newspapers. It's not, no. they don't really know where it is. They, they don't connect the fact that they speak English no. with, with England. Unless it's, there was something about the, Chuck the, and Die. The idea that this is a great and important nation dies very quickly yes. once you live in You don't hear the special relationship being spoken of, do you? No, it doesn't <laughs> exist. But the other, the other really funny thing is, for instance, you're trying to get car insurance. Yeah. Or credit, your car insurance record here doesn't count. No, your credit record here doesn't no. count. Uh, you, you even have to you, when you take a take a, a driving test. I had to take a special course uh, given by a retired sheep farmer from Maryland, an right. ex-alcoholic, on how not to drink and drive before I could <laughs> before I could even take right. the, Mer- the Maryland driving test. Yes. I had to do this. Oh, for I was sure. just I, I might as well have come from selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, I don't know, Albania for right. all they care. There was totally non, non-recognition yeah. of this country as a major civilization, yeah. which was, it, it's an interesting corrective well, well, I remember when the I idea in, we had. When I was working in New York, I remember watching, a, a, there was a debate going on between somebody from the New York Times and somewhere else, um, and the New York Times were defending the fact that they had three correspondents in Africa, but none in the Bronx. <laughs> on the basis that they didn't have any readers in the Bronx, which was very funny. Well, that's good commercial anyway, sense, I suppose. Well, true. Now, we're going to talk about doctors and strikes yeah. coming up very shortly. Peter Hitchens is here. We're going to take a short break. We'll take more of your calls, of course, through the course of the hour. Uh, this is Talk TV. Nationwide, by your side, Talk Radio and Talk TV. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk TV with you until one o'clock, of course. Uh, Peter Hitchens is here, front page of The Times today. I suppose a rather incongruous an expected headline, doctors win pay pledge if they call off the strikes. The fact that they're on strike is quite remarkable, isn't it? Should, I, I think they've actually, actually, the, actually the, the, the consultants haven't struck. Well, yet, they've called they? for the, strikes, the I think, doctor. for 48 hours yeah. in July. I, I just, it seems to me to be quite astonishing that, that, the, that the, the idea should even be considered that doctors or nurses should strike. Right. 
I think uh, 30 or 40 years ago it would have seemed completely axiomatic to everybody that people with these qualifications, these professions, could not, simply could not do that. Right. Uh, there's a lot of things wrong with striking. I, could, I understand why people do it. I, I think a country whose basic freedom is a right to withdraw labor rather than a right to bear arms is probably is probably luckier than the other one yes. but I, I and it, it is it is a basic freedom and it does give people some sort of strength when all else fails but striking when you're a doctor means ultimately must mean unless you unless you've been doing nothing while you work all day must mean withdrawing and refusing to give mm. care to people who yeah. are in, in, in pain and in fear. Yeah. And I don't think that's morally acceptable. It's no, I agree with you. I, I, I've said this, and I, I've got the most extraordinary, on, on social media, you get the most extraordinary, uh, furious, uh, insulting uh, rebukes mm. for saying this, as if, yeah. as if by saying they shouldn't strike, you're saying that they shouldn't be, they shouldn't be paid well. Right. And in fact, it's an interesting paradox. Uh, we do forbid the police from striking. I'm not in favour of forbidding people from striking. I think they should, they should know not to do it. But it, it, where we have forbidden people from striking, and this also happened at GCHQ, you know, the... the, the yeah, the, 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 um, the spy the, headquarters. The spook, uh, the, the, the spook listening into our phone conversations body. Uh, they were banned from striking for yeah. a while. Uh, their pay actually went up mm. uh, because the government recognised that if people couldn't strike, you had to give them special treatment. Right. And the Honestly, police, I think and the doctors, doctors are not as well paid as the doctors. The doctors who are about to go on strike uh, have an average pay of something like one hundred twenty-eight thousand. Yeah, there was a, a fascinating piece I think on uh, on lockdown skeptics the other day. They have a a, a a a hospital consultant who writes for them, and it's extraordinary. It's well worth reading about yeah. the conditions under which they work, uh, making a very strong case that it was it was really quite hard to justify this sort of action. But it's fundamental. It's fundamental. It seems to me you. Ca- it, you you can strike if you're a teacher if you must you can strike if you're a, I don't uh, think you should be able to do driver. that either I would I say all public sector uh, workers no, I think should have the freedom has to be there it doesn't doesn't mean you should use it what I remember from I did it must have been six or seven years as a labour correspondent about 1977 mm. to 83 84 and almost all the industries which had big strikes in those days have now closed down yes they cease to exist right. because the, the strike. Is the is the nuclear option? It is effectively. It's yeah. Like, it's it's like going nuclear in a war. Well, I remember nobody wins in the days when newspapers had constant strikes. The first shift yeah. I ever did, or the first shift I did, where I was going to get my name in the paper, the paper didn't come out no. because the printers had decided to walk off the job. The Times, I think, didn't publish for a year no. when it was back in Grazing Road in those days. Um, it's extraordinary, and well, so well, therefore the owners will take evasive action in the end and go, "Well, we're going to do something else." Well, in the end, they in fact very very. Um, Generous attempts were made, as I remember, to negotiate new technology with the unions, and yeah. they walked away from it. And yeah. in, in the end, that that was the, that was the end of them. So, although the newspapers carried on coming, but they never out, saw a lot of the coming, people who'd they? been on, on strike uh, lost their jobs and forever. They, yeah. I, they couldn't believe it, I don't think. But it, it was tragic. And you look at the, the car industry, uh, the uh, the steel industry, the coal industry, all gone. And I remember also that there was a big postal strike. I think it must have been 1970. Yeah. And that was the point at which really widespread general casual use of the telephone mm. for keeping in touch between families exploded. Yeah. People previously had written letters to each other, but after that strike, when for a while they couldn't, they yeah. thought, well, there must be another way of doing yeah. this. So it did ultimate deep damage 
to the industry which which was supposed to be bettering itself. And this is I've always taken on this warning: if you strike, you you may get a short term benefit, but you may also do long term harm. Yeah. Something similar happened to the railways in the mid fifties. It was a mm. big rail strike, and a lot of people said, "Okay, well, we'll take the bus, or we'll or we'll buy a car." And also, I think a lot of did the long term damage. Yeah, the nurses certainly, and and to a lesser extent, the doctors. I think think that the public will be with them. But when you see stories which say well, the doctors are going on strike, but don't worry, they'll be able to do private work while they're on well, strike. You just go, sorry. This, this, is the, this is the real danger of the health service, yeah. that those people who can afford it are increasingly looking at the health service and saying, well, if it's going to be like that, I'm going to take out private insurance. Mm. What that means is there will be a substantial part of the electorate which will no longer be happy to pay the huge taxes which yes. sustain a service they don't use. And the real danger to the health service is if it loses political support from a large part of the mm. population. And, 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 the, and that means it will become a poor people's service, which will go into completely terminal spiral decline. Yeah. People should be very careful. You can't, you can't not have a health mm. service. No one will ever close it down, but it can very easily become a, a, a poor man's service like the, 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 the sort of strange semi-health service which exists in the USA, yeah. uh, which is only for the poor and mm. which, is, which has poorer conditions. And, or it and becomes it, an emergency service. It's a Cinderella. Yeah. And, it, and it, that is a, a recipe to, for decline. Yeah. People should be more careful about what they do. But the idea of, of actually turning to a patient and saying, you can't, you're due in for an important treatment or test or operation today. You can't have it because right. I want more money. It's, I'm afraid... It's just wrong. No, it is wrong. It's indefensible, in my view, and very few people would be in favour of it. Let's talk about Ipso. Um, you've had yeah. your run-ins with them. Um, know, they I... make a judgment uh, this weekend on Jeremy Clarkson, yes. saying his piece was sexist. Well, I don't know what it was. It was. I think all of us would agree that that, that he shouldn't have written it mm. and, and that the Sun shouldn't have published it, but that's, that's between them and him. Mm. What worries me about the case, and a very good piece by Fraser Nelson in The Telegraph over the weekend, what worries me about the case is that it's uh, is that Ipso has become blatantly involved in the regulation of opinion, and also that it used to rely very much on individual complaints by the, from the person affected. Mm. But on this occasion, the complaints came from pressure groups, yeah. uh, which used not to be able to do this except right. in very specific circumstances. And I think this it, it, it's, it's it's a complete it's a huge expansion of the power and role of a press regulator, which was actually set up to prevent excessive regulation yeah. of the press. And I think people should be very worried about it. I mm. hope very much that Ipso withdraws this judgment, not because, it, not because it, I defend what Jeremy Clarkson wrote, because I don't, uh, or because I defend the Sun for publishing, because I don't. But I think these should be private matters between the, the newspaper, mm. its readers, and its writers, yeah. not regulated by somebody with, actually, ultimately, with the power to levy quite considerable well, fines. And also, ultimately, as we know, in the current climate in which we live, the, the, the views of Ipso and the views of uh, all sorts of organisations are not likely to be uh, friendly towards, shall we say, outspoken columnists. I don't want to be rude about Ipso. I mean, it, has, it, it does do quite a lot of straightforward, hard, uh, detailed work to try, and sort out, uh, to, to, to try and sort out factual inaccuracies. What they did to me uh, last year was that they picked out a tiny glancing reference to, you remember face masks mm. and the COVID, the, yes. and the Danish mask study. I, I had actually, and a colleague of mine on the Mail on Sunday, had, had actually written the only reports of the Danish mask study, which was the only proper, at that time, the only proper randomised controlled trial of, of the wearing of masks. Mm. No one else had covered it. Right. it and so we had actually done this. And a, a couple of weeks later, I made a glancing reference 
in a column item about something completely different in which I, I said that the, the, the report had shown that masks were useless. Mm. And what Ipso said was this was a claim of fact. Right. I mean, you would never in a report of a, of a scientific study use the word useless. It's not, it's not that kind of word. It's right. obviously comment. Right. But they decided to treat it as a factual report and said it was inaccurate. Mm. And I th- said at the time, this was this was Ipso moving into the regulation of opinion, yeah. and I still think that's what it was and is. Yes, and I'm proposing. And I, have, I have an entry in who's who. Yeah. Now no one's ever going to give me any kind of honour. Right. It's obvious. The rest of, no, no, absolutely. OBEs, CBEs, KGBs, whatever. I'm not going to get one. Yeah. So I, I'm trying to put in. You don't my want opinion, one, do you? Trying to put in. Well, no, I don't. But what I'm trying to put in in my uh, in my who's who entry. Uh, is censured by Ipso right. for, for COVID coverage because <laughs> it's the only honour I'm likely to well, get. Well, you might remember back in the day when we used to talk right at the beginning, um, I used to see in uh, all sorts of places, including Facebook, um, where we would post, say, our interview, and there would be some ridiculous kind of um, you know, notation in which it would say some of the um, claims in this article may be untrue, to which I was like, I'm sorry, you know, between us, we've got a reasonable amount of journalistic yes. integrity and, and uh, experience. And I thought, who are these dweebs in Sacramento kind of coming up with suggestions that we might be talking absolute nuts and rubbish? Yes, of course, the, the, the important thing about the verb may is that it can, it can also and often does mean may not. Mm. Uh, if they if they said are untrue, then you'd, you'd be able to go and say, OK, Buster, yeah. show us show what us it is. Exactly. No, there is no but journal- you can't talk to anybody there. There is no journalist who's never made a mistake. Mm. Uh, we do it. Uh, it's, sometimes they're extraordinary that you just the, the, the pressure of time or everything else. No. I'm going to make excuses. We all make mistakes. But I, as you I've said, much of what we discussed... They should be corrected. But this, yeah. is not, this is not about making mistakes. This is about being able to express opinion yeah. without being regulated. And much of, and much of our conversation was opinion. It wasn't well, necessarily well, us laying down the facts about COVID. But where I, use, where I use facts, I do try very, very hard to stick extremely closely to, 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 to what can be shown and proven because that's yes. the only thing. And the fascinating thing when you start doing that is how very little that people think they know, mm. they actually know. Yeah. What, what we think we know and what we know are two different things. Yeah. Once you start checking and saying, is, is this so, it narrows down to a well, tiny I love, piece I of Well, I love ground. interviewing people, when they, especially when they make claims about something, and I, say, and I ask them to prove that, and they can't. <laughs> and it happens all the time. I should leave you with this thought. Uh, apparently the RMT... Uh, have been branded hypocritical uh, because they're trying to slash jobs and pay amongst their own staff. Well, this is always who would have thought it? Always been a problem. <laughs> what, there used to be a tiny trade union, a member of the TUC, which represented the uh, the people who worked for trade unions, right. and they had a very tough time. I have to tell you, they tried to take their allowances away. They tried to remove their travel um, uh, freedoms. Unbelievable. Well, Shocking. Because, because these people haven't been through so many negotiations, know how to go about it, don't they? But, uh, <laughs> they do. Uh, good to see you, Peter. As ever, you thank you very much indeed. Uh, we'll be back with more uh, coming up very shortly. We're going to find out about the more uh, latest on the travel front. Apparently there's going to be more chaos if you're trying to go anywhere in Europe over the course of the summer. And that's not just avoiding the burning cars in France. This is Talk TV. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.